0: Welcome to episode 7 of the Trans-Questioning Podcast. I'm coming to you live from my bathroom. Uh, It is uh, November 4th? That sounds right. Uh, I'm presently shaving. It's like, uh, what, 10.30 in the morning? I don't know. I just put way too much shaving cream in my hand, and that's fine. Uh, so, I have some things to talk about. (laughs) Uh, to start off, episode six was heavy, wasn't it? Um, I'm pretty sure I put a, uh... Uh, disclaimer at the beginning of that, and I probably will have added something at the end to talk about how, uh, like, put that put that in context. And I think even in the episode, I sort of uh, make mention of the fact that I'm sort of allowing myself in that episode to feel really fucked up. I guess first, just a couple of fun little developments. Um, at this point, I have purchased uh, a year of uh, unlimited podcast hosting. I've been spending a lot of time sort of researching... Um, uh, this, is, this is completely unrelated to the subject of this podcast, and I apologize if it's completely uninteresting, um, but I, uh, uh, I've been spending a lot of time researching different podcasting uh, hosts, and uh, all of the ways to get a podcast up on the places where they can be found, uh, especially iTunes is the big one. Um, And apparently everybody seems to just pull from the iTunes directory, so it's really just get there, and then you're everywhere. Um, So I spent a lot of time researching uh, different podcast hosting sites, and to my kind of Incredible shock. There's a pretty strict, like, file size limit on a lot of them. Um, it's like, for, for you know, 5 to $10 a month, it's like you get to upload, uh, like, a total of uh, 50 megabytes, uh, which is, to me, just, like, absolutely astounding. Like, I don't know how you could possibly do a recurring podcast uh, for 50 megabytes a month but uh, uh, while editing the first episode I've been like experimenting with uh, different you know export rates to try to get the file size low and for a podcast that trends towards an hour or more shell shut up I'm doing my podcast. <laughs> Uh, that's that's our cat, Shell. She's worried that I'm going mad uh, or not paying attention to her. Um, but, like, for a podcast that trends as long as mine does, uh, 50 megabytes is way too fucking small. Uh, I could get it into the 30 range, and it would sound like utter garbage. Uh, so... (sighs) That's probably fine. I don't know. I um, I looked into like all of the podcasts that I listen to and sort of was comparing file sizes, and they all are kind of small. But like a lot of the ones that I really like are are much bigger than fifty uh, or thirty, whatever. Um, so. I shopped around, and I found one that's like $10 a month for uh, unlimited file sizes and unlimited bandwidth, which means they don't cut me off at a point when, you know, a bunch of people start downloading, which wasn't even something that I had considered as a possibility. Man, shaving is hard when you're talking. So that's a good thing to have taken care of. Uh, I found Podbean is the one that I went with. Um... I, uh, it was, it was just sort of like all of the podcast hosting sites seemed to be about the same, and I couldn't find anybody, you know, explicitly saying that, like, one was really much better than any of the others. So, uh, I went ahead and bought a year on that service. So, now that that, you know, that cost is sunk. Uh, there's a lot more pressure on me to, uh, actually get this thing, like, fucking released. So, uh, I'm excited about that. Um, I have a a couple of friends who've listened to the uh, first couple episodes, and they seem to really like it. So... I mean, for what, whatever that's worth, uh, you know, friends who are like, "Oh, that's so sweet." Uh, yeah, it's it's really great. You're gonna go far, and then you know they talk behind your back like, "Ugh, oh, this poor, poor person. They're just gonna waste their lives, you know, pursuing the arts. And they're not even good at it." I, every every person who even remotely is in anything art related has that fear, like everybody is talking behind your back and, uh, you know, secretly thinks that your work sucks. Um, My experience is that if a friend uh, is somebody who actually, like, is, is interested in the thing that you're doing and has any kind of, like, knowledge of it, they'll usually be pretty honest with you. Unless it's, like, really bad. I've definitely had friends who are you know, trying to do writing, and I know I sell myself as a film person, but I actually started college as a, uh, as a creative writing major, and I've had people like, you know, hey, read my short story, or read the first chapter of my, you know, epic fantasy series, um, and tell me what you think, and kind of based on the quality of what I'm reading, I'll uh, I'll give them you know the advice that I think that they are willing to hear so like if something is really bad and it feels like you know this person has decided that that's just their style or whatever then um, I kind of just let them do their thing I'll just say like here's some typos I think here's some structural problems uh, you should really deal with this or whatever but. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want going into this. Um, I tend to be actually fairly honest with my criticism of people because um, I've actually gotten in trouble that with uh, tr- in trouble for that in the past because uh, I'm very uh, I'm I'm somebody who like I love criticism of myself, of my own work. Um, I started writing on uh, like forums. In the early 2000s, um, r- writing a lot of like fan fiction and doing role plays and stuff. And um, uh, I'm very used to like random assholes just being like, um, you should do this instead. And I actually genuinely really appreciate that kind of like honesty. Um, sometimes it can get mean, but who cares, right? It's just an asshole on the internet. Um, so. For me, that that was tremendously helpful, and that sort of informed a lot of the way that I am generally, where I try really hard not to have an ego about my creations, as it were. Um, so I'm very you know open to criticism, um, and I, I hold myself to a pretty high standard. Um, like right now, I'm working on a short film, and it's my first thing that I've really directed. I did make or try to make a short film a couple of years ago based on the script that I had written at the time, Uh, but because I was the only crew um, and just, you know, everything fell apart in that because it's really hard to rely on students, Um, I basically ended up turning that into basically a silent film. I mean, the final version didn't have any sound at all, Uh, and I was meant to like add Sound effects and stuff to it, but as a as a film, it's kind of boring, and it's supposed to be um, the original story is like a a horror film about plagiarism, but um, this this thing that I'm working on now is an experiment that I've always wanted to try, which is uh, I say always I've I've wanted to try it for you know like two years. the uh, The idea is that. You start off with scene one, and then you cast your actors, and then you do a lot of uh, character work with with your actors. So you uh, give them a few details, uh, and then ask them to come up with, you know, who do you think this person is? Where where has this person been? What's their life? What, are they, what do they dream of? And you then just spend a lot of time working with them to build out the story. And then you just sort of like say, all right, well, here's the inciting incident of scene two. And I want you to just try to improv what that scene looks like. And my actors uh, in this particular piece were sort of, they, they, they confessed to me after our first session that they were very uncertain as to how well this would work. But... I think we were all very pleasantly surprised that it was actually incredibly effective. So, we—I've uh, uh, got the first like half of the script written, and I know for a fact that like the script would have been like immeasurably worse if I had just said like, "Here's my vision, and I'm gonna write it, and then we're gonna shoot it." I think it's so much more interesting to collaborate with people and build it out together. There's so many details that I just could never think of on my own. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, the, the timeline for production is incredibly uh, uh, short. Uh, we have, at this point, I think we have three weeks <laughs> to uh, to really uh, get this thing finished. And so I'm trying really hard to make it doable in that. Like we have, we have my, the timeline that I'm giving myself is we have like three weeks to shoot it. Um, and then a week or two to edit it. I want to try to have it shot before Thanksgiving break. Um, but, uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I guess we'll see. Is it November 4th? I think it might be November 7th. I'm really bad at time guys. So, uh, Anyway, all that is to say that, like, um, something. Why why did I get into that digression? Good God, I'm a mess. Uh, Basically, uh, I like criticism, and I like, you know, not being precious with my material, and I always tell people whenever they're, you know, beta testing any of my weird creations, like, please, please, please do not be precious with me, like... If this sucks, I want to know. If I'm being stupid, let me know. Um, And, like, the first thing that I said to my actors when we had our first, like, uh, post-audition meeting last week was, like, the most important thing to me is that you guys feel safe. Um, And we we talked about uh, Harvey Weinstein a little bit and, like, the... And, uh... uh, Oh, what's, what's, what's... uh, House of Cards guy, fucking him, Kevin Spacey. There we go, uh, and, we, and and Kevin Spacey, and all of you know all of these uh, sexual harassment allegations, which I believe, uh, and just being like, you know, you guys are working alone with me more or less there are other people but they can't really make it to these like workshopping meetings and really they probably wouldn't be as productive if we had more people there uh so you know it's very important that you guys feel safe with me and that i'm not like threatening to you um and one of my actors did express some like safety concerns about the content of the film, because they were unclear as to whether this would be, like, PG or, you know, going up into, like, sexual stuff, and I realized, like, yes, that's absolutely something that I should have clarified from the beginning. So, you know, I sent out an email to both actors saying, like, hey, uh, just so you know, this w- there's absolutely no way that this is going to get, like, sexual, and I would not ask that of you uh, after audition. So, um... We, we, we talked about that, and and it's like, you know, I, I, I like to think that I'm not the kind of person who would put uh, a woman or anybody else into a position where they feel like they have to, you know, do what I say and that they feel like I'm abusing them. But I'm not the one in a, p- a position to judge that. So I was, like, like saying to them, like, if, if you feel like I'm uh, being a way that it makes you uncomfortable, uh, please... I hope that you feel that you can tell me to my face, and if you don't, uh, please go to our producer. You know, um, and just you know, saying like explicitly laying out like these are my boundaries, and you know, I'm asking you to be vulnerable as people. So it only it's only fair for me to be vulnerable. So that's that's just sort of like a general life lesson. I think that um, if you're making art, it it. Is, it, it's improved by, you know, collaborating with people and having group vulnerability. Well, that, that's out of the way, I guess. Um, I might have to shave more of myself because I'm running out of arm, and I've already run out of face. Um, I don't know why, I, I, I just, I, I've had this, this thought that I wanted to express in the podcast, uh, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to wait until after the cast has premiered to start talking about this stuff. Um, but, you know, uh, the thought's sort of fresh in my head and I don't want to lose it. There's already been a couple of topics that I forgot to write down that I, I kind of annoyed at myself for not having remembered to talk about here. I've been thinking about, I guess, cis people and how they do or don't support uh, trans people. And there's, there's a lot of people in my life who uh, have, have come out in support of me. I guess um, after I after I came out on Facebook, uh, a lot of people that I was sort of surprised by uh, were like, "Oh man, that's great! Uh, congratulations, whatever." And uh, that's awesome, you know. And I think it's 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 very important that if you that that you not be an asshole and you know not ask stupid questions and just be like, "That's great," you know. And if somebody is open to questions, you know, ask away, but not everybody is. I certainly am. Uh, I mean, that's why this podcast exists, because I have a bunch of questions myself, and I don't see a lot of people sort of dealing with them, asking them. But the thing is, you know, I've lived uh, the entire rest of my life before now, uh, twenty, the better part of 28 years, uh, as... As a, 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 you know, assign assign male. You know, uh, uh, presenting as male, and I've hung around with guys, and I've never, I've never been like a guys guy. You know, I've never been like I'm not I'm not into sports. I don't. I like drinking, but I like drinking like fancy beer. Um, and I haven't had it in a while because I'm on a ketogenic diet. Uh, which, by the way, this morning Wednesday is my uh, my my weekly. Way way up and post on my chart thing. Uh, I am officially below 230 pounds, which is the first time I've been this un, uh, this weight. I don't want to say like this underweight uh, or or this thin because I definitely don't feel thinner. Um, which is the first time I've been this weight in uh, probably five years. So that's really exciting, and I don't see that slowing down, because again, I have, you know, a reason to, (laughs) a reason to stick to it for once. It's not just, oh, I want to be thin. So, um, I don't know why I I went into the weight, whatever. God, I'm so sorry. Uh, (laughs) so, you know, I've never, I've never been like a sports person. No, I've never been, um, the, the kind of person who, talks about, you know, sexual exploits, what few of them I've ever even had, and, uh, really I, for whatever reason, um, people tend to like me at, I don't know, I, I don't want to say, like, all people in general. But for whatever reason, I always wind up, or I always used to, it's been a while, but I always wind up at, like, uh, house parties, and sort of bro bro people tend to, like, gravitate towards me, and sort of, like, I don't know, encourage me to get wild. Um, and I think people are always surprised when I'm drunk, because generally I'm a very measured, you know, thoughtful person, or at least I try to be. Uh, and then when I'm drunk, I have, I have I'm, I'm, I'm way more vocal and less measured about my opinions about stuff. And also, uh, I know, like, the lyrics to rap songs, which always surprises people. In that, you know, subsection of the human population, there are, or there is a tendency to be kind of, like, casually misogynist. I can't tell you how many conversations I've been personally, you know, a part of, or or privy to at least, uh, where everybody in the room is, you know, presumably a cisgender, heterosexual male, and you know, they start talking about, oh, Courtney, that bitch, and that's just you know, a name that I'm pulling out of thin air. Um, Courtney, that bitch is blah blah blah, and, uh, man, she sure has, like, weird teeth, huh? And, um, Shit like that. There was, there was one particular time where somebody literally was like, look at this picture of the woman that I'm... He was, he's, a, he's an exchange student. He's like, look at this picture of uh, the woman that I am uh, betrothed to is like a, in, a, in an arranged marriage sense. And he's like, ah, oh, she's so ugly. Look at her teeth. Her teeth is terrible. Can you imagine her teeth going down on you? And I was literally like, I, I, I don't know, man. She looks pretty cute to me. I mean, she looks gorgeous. I don't know what you're complaining about. And he's like, well, no, that's a, that's, a, that's a bad picture. As in, what he meant by saying that's a bad picture is that that was a good picture. Like, he was saying, hold on, hold on. That picture shows her good side. Let me find a picture that shows her bad side. Um, and he, found, he, so, he supposedly found one of those. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. It, she looks fine. Uh, and then I just sort of got mad and was like, no, you just don't get it. And I'm like, you're right, I don't, because I don't give a shit about, like, I don't, the, I don't think when I see somebody, huh, I wonder how those teeth would feel around the base of my penis. So, <laughs> um, I've been privy to a lot of those conversations, and I've kind of come to realize that a lot of what has held me back from coming out over the years in any number of ways, is the pressure that those conversations exert on me. So besides the fact that, you know, this is modeling behavior as if like, yeah, this is good. This is how, this is how guys are. It uh, assumes That everybody in the room is a certain way, which might not be true. And uh, some of the people who, like, supported me when I came out are the people that I've been in the room with when they're talking about women. And I sort of, like, yeah, I know how you feel. And I also know kind of how you feel about trans people. Um, And it's not, you know, it's not like oh, I hate trans people, it's, you know, oh, you know, do whatever you want, but they sure are weird, huh? And, you know, obviously people change. Uh, A lot of these conversations happened when uh, everybody was an undergrad and uh, they were still young and hadn't, you know, grown up, whatever. And that's that's fair. I don't I don't like to you know dogpile somebody for something they said when they were like twenty two because everybody says stupid shit at that age, uh, and 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 people grow. One of one of the people that I'm thinking about who you know said stupid shit uh, ended up marrying a, a bisexual woman and they have like an incredible relationship and she's sort of like straightened him out and he's become. Sort of surprisingly progressive. So, I don't necessarily hold anything anybody says like against them, in a in a, in a general sense. Um, I guess I kind of do because you know it shouldn't it shouldn't be a thing that you have to like learn that oh women are people too and you shouldn't judge them based on their appearance and that goes for. Other women, too, but that's just not, you know, my personal experience. Um, and I mean, the video that I made that I was crying about last week, uh, that's, you know, sort of to that end also about men, that you shouldn't judge men for how they look. Really, nobody should be judging anybody about how they look because fucking who cares? Life is hard enough already. Oh, I always end up cutting my chest when I shave. God, I can't wait to be on hormones. So, here's sort of the conclusion that I ended up jumping to. Nothing that you really say, like, matters if you're a bigot when you think nobody's listening. Um, And it's easy to be like, oh, this person's trans, okay, cool, I guess I, you know, whatever, I'll I'll support trans people, sure. Uh, but you know we've we've been in the room for these conversations. We know how you really feel, and your sort of casual dismissal of how women fit into your life. We hear that it's not just noise, and it's it's hard not to internalize it, and. You know, when thinking about coming out, uh, the thought certainly crosses my mind that, like, is this how my friends are going to think of me? Is this sort of what I'm signing up for, basically? And that's, <laughs> that's bullshit, for one. I feel like you should really conduct yourself in such a way that anybody who might be trans or, you know, any variety of uh, gender non-conforming or queer or whatever uh, might feel comfortable admitting to you that that's how they are. Or that they might come out. Uh, Too often, people sort of go into conversations, you know, looking around and saying, Ah, we're all just men here. It's just locker room talk, right? When the reality is, uh, what do trans people look like? What do gay people look like? They don't. They look like people. You don't know who's listening. You can't, like, be sure that there's not a trans person in the room. Uh, especially if they haven't come out yet. But even after, you know, it's it's just like and and, and I'm not saying that if you have like a, a feeling about a thing that you should just lock that up and not express it. Um, I don't think, uh, like I said in my video last week, um, you don't we don't we don't we don't you know, go any way towards fixing inequality by pretending it doesn't exist and we don't uh, feel better about differences in people by pretending that they don't exist. There are differences and there are questions and they can be honest questions, even if they're sort of annoying. But you have to know when that's appropriate to do and you also have to know, like... (sighs) Is this... Is this questioning somebody's reality? Like, how much of this do you really need to ask the person? And how much can you just fucking Google for yourself? That's, that's the big thing, I think, is that it's easy to, you know, oh, I, I'm just curious, man, I want to know. But, like, I'm not, I'm not obligated to perform that emotional labor for you just to, like, answer your fucking questions. Like, I'm not the first trans person in the world. You can ask somebody else. Um, or just Google it. Shell! Shell! Shell. It just really frustrates me that people behave as if they think nobody's listening, and it, and it all just comes down to this, you know, mistaken belief that you can, you can tell a trans person by looking at them, you can tell a gay person by looking at them, well that's just not true. And you have to work through that, you know. You don't. Nobody, nobody who starts off a bigot to put it in the most uh, uh, mean terms, I guess. Nobody starts off a bigot uh, becomes tolerant without working through their own, you know, bigoted ideas. Um, and so I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the fact of the idea that like. I guess, I guess we're going into the, the Nazi punching debate. I'm not a huge fan of the idea that uh, when a person believes something that is, you know, dehumanizing to a group of people, that the solution to that is, uh, you know, threatening them and uh, fighting them in public. Now, I... The, uh, it's, it's a complicated topic because I actually do genuinely you know agree with the idea that you don't give fascism a, a platform. You don't give Nazis a platform because they take advantage of the concept of free speech. And a lot of uh, Jewish World War II era uh, 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 writers were very clear about the fact that part of why... Uh, the Holocaust was allowed to happen and everything happened there, was that uh, freedom of speech was abused. Um, And there's like this paradoxical sort of element of freedom of speech where too much freedom actually leads to abuse and oppression because... It becomes uh, everybody has a right to say whatever they think, no matter what, and they shouldn't be, uh, you know, they shouldn't they shouldn't face consequences for these they, whatever they whatever they whatever op- opinion they express. And the reason that's problematic is if if a Nazi says uh, all trans people uh, are bad and should die. That's their opinion, right? Whatever. Uh, But then if if a, a trans person then says, Hey, that's fucked up. You shouldn't say that. The debate doesn't then become, Yeah, that's a terrible thing to say. The debate becomes, Why are you silencing that Nazi's free speech? At which point the Nazi gains the moral high ground, and you get a lot of moderates feeling like, oh, uh, yeah, these trans people, you know, I don't think they should die, but they really are sort of, you know, trying to suppress different ideas about whether or not they deserve to live. Um, and it's, that's just sort of like the calculated thing about, you know, nationalist rhetoric is that you, uh, take advantage of the, the sort of, like, common misconceptions about what freedom of speech really means. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that, you know, oh, give Nazis a platform, uh, their ideas will uh, uh, wither in, in the sun. That very clearly is not the case, because... It's not about their ideas. It's about an emotion that they're cashing in on. However, uh, I also know, like, stories about, you know, there's, there's the, uh, the, the ex-KKK guy who goes around uh, converting, basically, uh, KKK members and sort of helping them get over their bigotry. Uh, there's there's a black blues guitarist who goes around the country collecting uh, the white robes from people who like he meets, and they realize like, oh, I just never met a black person, um, and that's that's absolutely essential. And you know, like I said, people grow and change, and everybody makes mistakes. And obviously, obviously, obviously. Uh, Nobody should be necessarily uh, given a free pass to be a bigot. Like, you don't get to just write off Nazi as, like, a teenage rebellious phase. But you can't deny that these things, you know, nationalism, Nazism, fascism, whatever you want to call it, they provide a very powerful, emotional narrative. They, they make somebody feel important who probably doesn't feel important in their daily life. That person who is a fascist, and isn't Richard Spencer, uh, is, is going through something. And that's not to say that a person of color, being oppressed by that, that particular little asshole, uh, is not going through something. Obviously, everybody is. And in a general sense, if it comes to uh, oppressed versus oppressor, I will always be on the side of the oppressed. Um, however that shakes out. And it's not going to be the case. Like <laughs> you, Fascism and like Nazism, these are not ideologies which are oppressible, I feel like. They're not... Uh, they're not minority ideas. You don't like. Uh, here's where I draw the line in the sand. Every idea is fine, except when it uh, threatens or calls into question the health or validity of another human being. Um, that's that is my. Line I will not cross. And that's where, where I have a hard time with, like, the free speech debate when it comes to neo-Nazis in America or whatever is, on the one hand, yeah, you know, everybody should have a right to say whatever. But on the other hand, the fact that the ideology that is spreading is actively provably uh, violent and hateful towards an entire subsection of the American population That's not something to just accept, like, tacitly. Passively. God, how did I get on this whole tirade? That's the theme of this episode. How the fuck did we get here? I just feel like you need to be aware of what your words mean. I, you know, I've only been out to myself as trans. For a little while, and I'm I'm not an expert in the subject, um, which is why I started a podcast, right? Uh, And I, I there's this part of me that sort of doesn't know how much I'm like allowed to speak for. Uh trans uh, fears. Because um, like, you know, I haven't felt this my whole life. But now that I've definitely accepted this part of myself as, you know, an immutable part of myself, I- I'm definitely seeing the, the way that people talk about trans people as, as, as very personal in a way that I didn't before. And, ultimately, it's hard not to internalize that stuff. And and from the other side, it's easy to sort of abstract an image of a person to their most ideologically extreme variation. So, you know... A white supremacist, not to defend their ideology, probably isn't, like, a bad person in the sense of, like, you know, if you met them on the street, they'd probably be pretty cool. Or if not pretty cool, they'd at least be alright, you know? They would be just, like, a normal person. Again, what does a white supremacist look like, you know? You can't just assume you know... ...what that is. And I think a lot of... ...a lot of what's going on right now... ...just has to do with the fact that we abstract... ...we isolate... ...we remove context... ...we don't treat people like people... ...we treat them like extensions of an idea... ...and... ...we don't give people the opportunity to learn. Um, And... You know, that's that's not, like, anybody's fault. That's, th- that's how our education system works in America. We, uh, we penalize incorrectness uh, in a system that focuses entirely on facts. You know, can you recite uh, the year that this Shakespeare play was written? Can you tell me uh, <laughs> the year of the Korean War? You know, none of that really teaches you about history. Um, data abstracted from context is meaningless. And we've been raised in a system that prefers data to context, uh, prefers factual rightness and wrongness over uh, <laughs> interpretation and opinion somehow. And when it's when you simplify things that much, then everybody's opinion becomes fact. It's, you know, it's, you don't... And and, and when you don't teach uh, conscious uh, self-questioning, I guess, um, or you just don't teach, you know, the life skill of uh, accepting criticism, then when somebody tells you, hey, that idea is bad, it feels like a personal attack. And so instead of saying, oh, my bad, you're right, that idea did suck. You then say, oh, why are you persecuting my beliefs? I have the right to say whatever. And again, nobody's saying that you don't have the right to say it, but you do also have the right to face uh, the court of public opinion. And just generally, you know, the person reacting to you has just as much right to, to, to react to you. It's not... Freedom of speech doesn't stop at the first, you know, instance of speech. It doesn't stop at the first degree. It keeps on going. And I think people don't seem to recognize how much their ideas hurt others. I think politicians absolutely know, and they just don't give a shit. Because uh, they don't stand for anything. Um But the people who they're talking to, they're individuals who are facing their own personal life issues. And they're not more or less extreme than the life issues being faced by, queer people in general or people of color but there is this thing like when when the only story that's being represented is uh queer people need more rights um a person who is poor i have i have friends in texas who uh, i've had this conversation with you know you say uh when you're white you have all of this privilege which is true uh a person who has had a very hard life and who struggles to make rent, uh, can't find a job or bounces around between jobs, who is also white and straight and cis, they'll say, you're telling me that my life has been easier because of my race, but look how shitty my life is. That's such a blatantly stupid idea. Um, and I think part of this problem is also, like, we don't tend to factor class into these discussions, uh, and class is sort of the, uh, the unspoken, um, real problem in America. Uh, it really... (sighs) Poor, poor white people and poor black people don't have as much, uh... Have more in common than white, rich people and white poor people. Um, and of course, you know, racism, scapegoats, people of color, uh, sexism, scapegoats, women, so that you know people in power don't have to worry about being called on consolidating their power. i uh, I've been feeling really good the last few days, um, why? What's made me feel good? Something specific. I don't remember what it was. God damn it. Um, oh, (laughs) I saw Thor. That's what made me feel good. Um, uh, so Thor Ragnarok has just, like, the sexiest cast in I think any movie, and it's an incredible movie because it never explicit explicitly sexualizes any of the characters it's uh it's really kind of incredible because the film is so. I mean all of the characters are just like god I want to I want to I want to hug you. Uh I want to I want to hang out with you and like maybe 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 kiss your face. I don't know. Um and it's and it's and it's so like respectfully done. Um and I think it really just goes to show that you don't need tits and ass to uh you know do a sexy movie. You don't need the fan service to Make people uh, feel a swell in their loins. Ugh. Um, but I came home from that movie just sort of feeling like I've generally been. This is this is the conversation I should have fucking started this this podcast with. This is what I wanted to get to. And what Jesus? Fifty one minutes in. I am so sorry, everybody. This is this is why I should like sit down and like plan these out instead of being like. Hey, I'm shaving. That sounds like a fun, like, audioscape to be in. Whatever. Um, Which, for your reference, this entire podcast I have now at this point uh, shaved the entirety of my top half. Um, But yeah, so I, I came out of Thor feeling, like, really weirdly secure in my sexuality for the first time in in a while. Uh and it was kind of funny sort of realizing where I fall or where I, where I feel like I fall right now because when I was in high school I used to joke that like I was into women but I was into women as a lesbian like I always said that if if I, <laughs> I, I I would joke that I wished I could be a lesbian. Uh, and and that's... I don't know how to explain that as a thing. Like, how is that demonstrably different from being a cis man, you know, in a relationship with a woman? But, I, but that's sort of... I, I think that gets to the root of why so many of my relationships up to this point have been... So fucking bad is that. Uh, I've always felt different in my appreciation for for people, and the missing link was that like I'm I'm I'm, I'm uh, to put it in a way that I'm not necessarily comfortable with just yet. Uh, I'm uh, I'm into women as a woman, which is sort of really. St- strange to consider at this point in time and that's uh, hmm. I've never really had sexual fantasies about like other people I've tried to make myself do that at times because that feels like you know normal behavior uh you ever try to do that you ever try to be like uh what does what a normal person uh do sexually uh I, I want to be normal I want to be accepted uh so it's like oh, I'll try to have like a normal ass sexual fantasy and wow this sure is boring so I've never I've never really had yeah sexual fantasies about other people uh but that's, that's, I don't want to say that that has changed, but it's certainly been trending a different direction lately. And it's just sort of like this weird revelation, and, and this is, this is, this is all maybe a little bit TMI for some people, but um, that's, you know, what this podcast is for, is just to be frank with my thoughts. It's just sort of weird to realize like so many so many things about my life were a problem because I misunderstood my my place in it, to put it in maybe like a kind of gross way. But that's but that's kind of it, right? Like I I, I misunderstood my the position that I wanted to be in. Um I guess my, my, my sexual fantasies didn't, but... Ho-ho! Uh, but... Yeah, like... I've been feeling really good about myself... Uh, to get to the point, just the last... Uh, few days... Because... And I guess I guess for the last like week or so... Man... Because... I... Uh, I, 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 I understand... A little bit better what I want, like who I am. Like right now, I'm, I'm basically just like planning to start um, hormone replacement therapy uh, in the new year. Uh, I wanna start um, laser soon, but I don't know if I'm gonna be able to afford it. And I've been shopping for more like female clothes and I'm trying, I'm, I'm, be, I'm getting more bold in, 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 in what I'm wearing in public. Um, I need to get better shirts. I have, I have, I have, I have shirts that are kind of blatantly, I guess, femme. Uh, I need something that sort of crosses the boundary there. God damn it. Uh, I need, I need something that, um... Is like a a female cut shirt that you know just has like a logo on it and whatever. Uh, I I have one that's a Homestuck shirt, but it is way too tight on me right now. Uh, it won't be in the future as as I continue to lose weight. Um, God, I love having a smooth back. It's so nice. Oh boy, this one got off the rails. I think they've all gone off the rails. I imagine once uh, once this thing premieres, um, and you know, assuming anybody listens to it, I will uh, start actually being a little bit more structured. Again, I'll, I'll like <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll actually have read Whipping Girl. I'm still uh, I have my doubts as to whether I'm even going to be able to get to that again this year because I have so many projects that I'm like balancing right now and can barely keep track of um which thankfully my medication is making that much easier like i probably would have given up at this point if if i weren't on medication um so i apologize for starting the whole like i'm going to read whipping girl and share my thoughts on chapters whatever I'll, i will get to that eventually uh, and i want to in the future have do that more often uh, with just like books and articles and whatever um but right now this podcast is just sort of like whatever I feel the compulsion, you know. Oh I'm gonna I'm just gonna talk to myself for an hour. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. I think I think I'm good. There's nothing else that I can shave besides my legs, and I don't wanna do that right now. Cause I shaved them fairly recently. Man, one thing that I hate about shaving is if you stop doing it for a while. It, uh, you know, it grows long enough, and then you shave, and you don't cut yourself, and you're so smooth, and it's, and it's just great. It's just like, oh man, my skin's amazing. But then when you try to maintain it, like you shave again after a day or two, everything hurts, everything starts bleeding. It just sucks. It's like, why oh, I can't... Why can't it just be normal, man? Why can't I... eh, I don't want to just, like, stop shaving and let it grow again. Because, you know, that leads to me sobbing in public (laughs) for a long time. And maybe that's the urgency for... Not the urgency. The desire to uh, start hormone replacement therapy soon. uh, Because... Lowered hair growth, uh, decreased hair growth would be nice. How is this picture on straight? I had to take this picture off the wall. It's a picture of Stephen Colbert that we keep in our uh, our bathroom. Giving the thumbs up. Um, there it goes. Uh, that, uh, you know, freaks people out, which is funny. I had to take it off the wall because it rumbles when our uh, heat is on. Anyway, this episode's long hour, two minutes. God, that probably sounded terrible. I'm sorry about that. I hope it sounds all right. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this time with me in the bathroom. I hope that you learned anything. We'll see, right? Uh, Almost assuredly, by the time I record the next episode, the series will have gone live. So... Uh, I guess I will just say a couple of things before <laughs> uh, before before that point, in case uh, there's any kind of reaction or people who send me any sort of questions or whatever. I hope that you understand that this podcast is kind of just meant to be a place for me to uh, explore where wherever my thoughts go, and nothing that I say here is meant to be a final opinion. Uh, I, like I've said earlier in this episode, I am frequently wrong and more than willing to admit when I'm wrong. I know that talking about Nazis and fascists and everything else, white supremacists, not a, not exactly a, uh, a safe place to have a conversation. Definitely a lot of, uh, minds in that particular field. And I understand that, and I know people have very strong opinions about it, and everybody's a little bit right, I think, at the very least. I guess that's my way of putting an asterisk on anything, so you can't hold me accountable for my words. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, anyway, uh, find me on on, on Twitter, at HMSNoFun. Um, if you like this podcast and want to support me doing more, uh, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash ltas. Uh, That stands for Let's Talk About Stuff, which is my YouTube show. Yeah, uh, I hope you all have a pleasant week, and um, I'll see you again in the future.